0: Welcome to the Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today it's my esteemed pleasure to have on musician Mike Mustard. How are you today, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. How you doing, doctor?
0: Man, it's great to talk to you, man. The other day we had a great time having a little conversation off the air. I've really been looking forward to having you on. How's things been going on with you?
1: Oh, you know, really good. I'm, I'm a little a little toasty, I have to say. Um, I just got doing... Um, Four, four days, five days. I've run in the uh, Stevie Wonder people for a different uh session I was doing. And um, and also have them as part of the, the backgrounds of the, the hard rock band in theory. So we did about four I think sixteen hour days of them. So um recovering it a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, nothing, nothing like working with legendary Stevie Wonder group, man. That's that's awesome.
1: It's it's came out in, incredible. I mean the, the talent pool of not only them but the, uh, the but the local legends. It's just it's beyond ridiculous, and you know I think I'm a very lucky man to get to work with uh, people of this caliber.
0: Well, it's funny, you know, you and I met through a great friend of ours, Eric Doll, and Absolutely. you know, great great guy. I love him to death, and you know, it's it's hilarious. We talk a couple days later, our 150th episode. We have on the legendary BJ Thomas. Ah. He brings up Muscle Shoals. There you go. And then so in the middle, by the way, in the middle of the interview, I, I said, Well, really? I said, Well, I'm just happened to have a guest on, brought up your name in the show. We were off to the races. And so I mean, it was just kinda like we had a little conversation about that. Mentioned you in the show and it was really cool. And it was just like he said that he couldn't make it down there on the 15th of July, so they've rescheduled it. But man, I cannot believe everybody. And he had recorded there before. I must have been the only cat that did not know much about this place.
1: No, actually, you'd be surprised how many people do, know, do not know about this specific place, but they probably heard the records. It's probably been something, what, what is, it, what is it, the number? I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's like 8 billion, 10 billion records sold. It's it's something in in that amount um, from and this is from, you know music from you know Percy Sledge, Wilson Pickett, all the way to you know to U two and and you know Aerosmith. It goes you know to, to the modern rock.
0: Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I couldn't believe the connection that quick of a couple days of this getting wrapped around like that, and then you know, uh, B J. Thomas says, "Oh yeah, I was scheduled down at Muscle Shoals for July 15th. and I'm like. Man, I can't wait to bring this up to Mike on the air. <laughs> you know, but man, so so what have you been doing through this whole pandemic stuff? You've been keeping pretty busy.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, as you know, I, I own several companies. It's, yes, uh, one of the things, and then GoGo Tuners is one of the companies, and GoGo is the one that actually brought me back into the whole music world. But um, but I, I think it was very fortunate the, the way that uh, I had the companies run. I was able to create products that are um, very conducive to, you know, someone to these times of the pandemic, you know, we, we created a microphone that is basically size of a quarter of a pen that can uh, Bluetooth with any phone, whether it's an iPhone or Android. And so for the guys that are doing YouTube, Facebook, uh, live, Instagram live, it's so perfect for them. And in the e-commerce world right now, the, anybody who's doing e-commerce is doing about five times the business or I should, I should reiterate the five, five times the business that they normally do during the holidays. So while you're the storefronts and the small businesses are, are, are struggling, if you are doing the e-commerce business, it's blowing up. Um, and then during the same time I was also able to relaunch, uh, go, go in a major way. Um, that, that's going to keep me really busy. And then on top of that, I, you know, I, I think I told you in my last conversation, I really just wanted to be the best student I could be at being a, a musician, a producer, and a writer. And I just did my, dedicated myself for almost four months straight, um, at least 10, 12 hours a day in, t- in the middle of all this stuff, in the middle of the companies. Um, and this, anything that caught my ear, whether it was like, oh, I like the way this guy finger picks, or oh, I like the way this record was produced and it was anything and it was anything and everything. And I just want to learn and learn. And I wrote about 60, 70 pages of, of notes of music and ideas. And I was getting prepared for the, this record that I'm currently working on with, with the band in theory. Um, you know, and that's a little bit more of a hard rock band, but it has, you know, I call it, it's like the perfect recipe of, of hard rock um, 2020. If that makes sense. It's, it has You can hear influences, but it's sprinkled in a certain way where it's refreshing. Like, oh yeah, I hear a little Zeppelin. Oh, I hear a little gospel. I hear a little Muscle Shoals. I hear a little, uh, whatever, Soundgarden. I hear a little metal. But it's just enough of each where it's, it's just a refreshing sound. And we released our first single about three weeks ago. and It's just been the reaction. The reaction is like, oh my God. It's not, and this is, not only from fans, but from, from DJs and, um, you know, everybody you know, in the industry, it's, it's not, it's not a lukewarm or it's not a polite reception. It's like, Oh my God, this is something new. And, and the way that we're making the record, it's, it's sort of old school. And, and you know, people are saying we don't make records like this anymore. So. Right. Um, and,
0: and, and I want to, and I want to get, excuse me, I want to interrupt and I want to get into that more in just a, a minute. I do want to go back real quick to your, uh, to your microphones because a lot of, we have a lot of podcasters out there and everything else so and, you know i want you to just give us a little tiny bit on that and tell, tell us a little bit about it
1: yeah well, it's this company called uh, sabotech and uh, i mean basically that's it in a nutshell it's, it's like I said, it's a small microphone that's like he says size of corporate pen but the other thing the other very cool thing about it is you can also run it in pairs so, if it, like say, if you and I were going to do a podcast live, I mean, or not podcast Facebook live, right? Both of us can have a studio quality with this little microphone if we're in the same room together. If we are, or if you and I go to a park or wherever we go, and also has a uh, function on it to eliminate any background noise. So, say if we we're you know, obviously today there's less and less crowds, but say if you and I were doing an interview with Disneyland, we can eliminate all the background noise, and all you're hearing is you and I. And the other function on this thing is that um, you can EQ, um, not only EQ, but you can also, um, you know, EQ the. I mean, yeah, you can EQ the music, but you can also edit the video and the music in real time while somebody's watching. And that, that's a real key. So if you're talking to somebody you want to add a little bit more bass to, to your voice or if you want to even make the, the video sharper, this thing will do that as well. And it's, it's, it's quite cheap. It's for, you know, I think, like $139 or so.
0: Right, right. And where can you get those at? where you have, you have your website for those?
1: Well, that you can you can get in pretty much any major store at this point right now. It's, okay. uh, if you go online, it's... Um, well, you know, I'm I'm very supportive of the dealer base on this. The dealers are supporting it, so you know, I'd like to direct them to, to the dealers. All I have to do is go online, and you'll see that brand uh, pretty much everywhere right now.
0: Fantastic! I'm gonna have to check that out myself. The other thing is, I heard you have a hell of a reputation for pedals. Yes, Gogo pedals is. I mean, that's
1: truly, truly my, my baby. You know, so um, Gogo, I started eleven years ago. And it was one of those things where it was a crowded category, and there was so many pedal tuners, there were so many clip-on tuners. Everybody in the industry thought I was crazy. And I'm like, don't do it! Don't do it! You're not gonna last, and you're not, you don't know what you're gonna do. It's like you, like you just
0: created. Days. It's like you just created salad dressing. You know? Uh oh. <laughs>
1: Tuners and the color, you know, and, and we're known for the orange color. And, and the orange that I'm using is actually my dad used to restore muscle cars, and he restored an Opel GT, a '67 Opel GT, and that's the orange of GoGo Tuners.
0: Oh, and, I, that's all right. I got that. I and, got that.
1: And, and also, as you know, the the word GoGo is associated with muscle cars, so it's kind of tied in. And yeah. also, GoGo also people think about the late '60s. You know, when you say, when you think the word go go, um,
0: yep, go go dance right. the whole deal, yep, right,
1: right, even like the, the go go dancers. I, I think of like laughing, I think, of, you
0: know, yes, that's with Goldie Hawn right. and the go go dance boots and the whole deal, yeah, right, yeah, right, 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 boots, right, yeah, right.
1: that's what I usually think of, and uh, um, <laughs> I love that. But I, I did, but I did my due diligence. The first product I came out with was the clip on, and Charlotte, what I did is I bought. Every single clip on it, you know, like I said, there, there were a lot. I think I put almost every single clip on and What I did is um, I used to have a spiral staircase um, in my old My old house and I, I clipped every single one on my spiral staircase and then when I would come home um, The first thing I would do is which one was catching my eye from an aesthetic Then I would turn each one on and I would sing a note. And I would look at the reaction times and I'm like, okay, I like this. I don't like this. I was narrowing it down. What I thought was good, it wasn't. What I didn't think was good. And that was like a, you know, four or five month process. And I eliminated, and finally, okay, this is. I wanted to to react at this certain time. I wanted to to be a certain thing. And as far as the orange, that there was like a a. Um, I know it was two things. You know, that the sign of God in in some ways. I was studying this book. Uh, and uh, I forgot what the book was, but basically, theoretically, it was uh, based on how people think they're, um, that they're making decisions, but they're really hardwired. There's, there's things in your DNA uh, that you're going to make it, that decision anyway. Right. Whether it's color, whether it's shape, whether uh, there's, there's a lot of factors why people put a certain product in the middle of the shelf. Why they put it on the end cap why a majority of the if you see the signs if you drive down any street why they are the color red there's there's a lot of there's actually a lot of research on this and, right you know, like more
0: has, more more doors more houses are sold with doors they're red doors than any other house right yeah i, I heard right. that
1: and and so that this book was just basically the you know the in a way the art of thinking without thinking and it was one chapter on red and at the time, the most popular clip-on tuner was red, so I couldn't go red. So logically, <laughs> right. the next thing for me that made sense was orange. I go, that's that's you know, people will remember orange, <laughs> right? You know, for sure. And um, and then sure enough, it was like maybe when I said ah, orange, I want to go orange. Forty-five minutes later, a documentary on on the History Channel on uh, on Home Depot came on, and their colors are orange. Right. So I took it as a sign. And then, of course, I went with my dad's colors with the muscle car. It just seemed like everything's tied in. And then the pedals, the pedals is where we really you know, got, you know, whatever, you know, not necessarily famous, but that's the one that really broke us because we're the only pedal tuner that, or we are, I should say, there's two things, we're, we're the largest screen pedal tuner on the planet. And I always make a joke. Is that you can see it from the space station? And, <laughs> that's what I, I would I say. Think could, I think you literally could, but, um, but on a dark <laughs> stage, you could you could probably see it from about a hundred feet, right, with no exaggeration. Um, and then the second thing about the pedal is that we're the only pedal, or pedal tuner, I should say, that you can see in direct sunlight. And for the guys that are playing outside gigs or
0: festivals oh yeah, or that's a great gigs, deal.
1: Um, we're the only one that does that. So we were able to address two two major issues for, for I mean really for the working musician.
0: You should sell that technology to the phone company because we can't see our damn phones in the sunlight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, same thing, right? Same thing.
0: Yeah, um, but um, dude, that that's really cool, man. Yeah, and and I had heard I had heard that, but I had checked them out, looked them out, man. And they really look they really look awesome. But I mean, I love that. I love the backstory that you know, kind of where you, where where it took you from here. To that you know to where now where did it come from you making pedals and stuff to where did the love for music you becoming a musician come in
1: well i've always been a musician it's uh i have to say way back i was signed at one time was signed to emi records i'm not sure if we we mentioned that or i I told you that in the past but i had the uh i had the official rock helmet (laughs) (laughs) uh, the the hair went past my, my waist and you know, the higher, the, the, you know, the better. And certainly, <laughs> certainly used a, a lot of acronym in, in my day. And, um, you know, the anyway, I got signed to EMI and, 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 you know, got to tour the world. And but finally, you know, I, I realized, you know, I was not going to make it in music, you know, but even though I, I had started playing guitar at five years old, Oof. um, yeah, I started at five on you know, classical. My, you know, my mom got me a guitar at five years old. Um, but after, um, after I got signed and you know I, I really wasn't I knew I was not going to make money at it and um, so I, I sort of in a way turned my, my back to it for the most part and I just immersed myself in my companies and every once in a while if a project would come up I think maybe I've, I've been in about 20 films and, and TV shows if a project came up yes I would I would do it I would practice for a week or two and 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 you know write music for a specific uh tv show or, or right. movie but for the most part i mean for me that was just more fun if, if i made money from it great if i didn't great um but really for the most part i did turn my back on it and with gogo i was very fortunate that um i get to work with so many high profile artists in every genre and another unique thing happened and as crazy as it might sound, I, I, for some reason I kept I kept forgetting I was the CEO of the company. <laughs> you know, I thought like that's the same guy. I'm the same as everybody else. You know, I'm you know I'm, I'm I'm one of you guys. I'm an artist, right. And, and I, so I have very close relationships with every artist, and they can call me um, anytime they you call me at two in the morning, four in the morning, or if they're on the road. And I developed uh, really strong ties and strong relationships strong relationships and really how I got back to really playing to where I am now was about five years ago I went to New York and I went to see my friend's man was playing in New York and I just want to say hey great show you guys sounded great and he came up to me and goes hey Mike are you playing guitar and I gave him the bull answer go, oh yeah I'm playing I'm playing and he just looks at me, and I'm not sure if it was the Jack Daniels, if it was three in the morning, or or, or that him and I never really had a, a deep conversation. But he goes, "Mike, this is why you got in the business. It's a part of who you are. It's a part of your soul. You really got to do this. You really got to play." And it caught me off guard. I have to say, I was like, "Wow, that's, that's kind of okay." I was not expecting that, um, but still, my business mind kicked in first. Because I thought, you know it would be great for the, um, the end users and, and um, the customers to know that I'm just not a, an inventor, I'm not a tinker, I'm actually a musician. And when I designed the, my products, it was for a musician, by a musician. So I think it would be kind of cool for them to really know that I'm a musician. And when I do things, I like to do things at a high level, and I wanted credibility as a musician. I didn't want to be like, hey, it's kind of cute, we're letting the CEO play.
0: Like, right, was, right, right.
1: That was so important to me that I get that respect as a musician. Yeah, we're not so, letting the
0: boss play. We're, you know, we're, yeah, you, you, we really want him to come and sit down.
1: Right, right. It's like, oh, you got to let the boss play. Okay, it's nice. <laughs> 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 and and uh, so what I did is, is I knew I was going to be on Eric's show at Fox, right? And um, I had four months out, and for four months straight, I practiced from 1 in the morning to 4 in the morning. for yeah, it, was four, it was I had a four-month window. And um, just to prepare so I can sound good for about 75 seconds on Eric's show on Fox. And that was my coming out of, of playing guitar. And then another thing that I did was very different with uh, with Kogo. Um, since I knew the artist so well, we would do these interviews. And in, in every interview, I would learn one of their songs or two of their songs. I would end up playing a song or two with them. So that would always give me thirty days to, to to practice their song. So I got to progress at a, at my own pace, and at a, you know, to learn, you know, to do one song at at a month, I got a little bit better, a little bit better. And then I started getting invited to events throughout the country as like the guest guitar player with some of the you know the very famous folks. And then again here here you know, I get this idea I go, well, I have all these famous folks. Why don't I just do my own events? So then, I did my own events where I was the house band, you know, and
0: right.
1: And then from there, it went to. um I go, you know what? Why don't I make a artist roster record, and it's never been done before. I mean, the biggest brands in the world, whether it's Gibson or Fender or you know, whatever Yamaha, the biggest brands in the world have never done that. It's just never been done. So I go, you know what? why do I do this? I think I want to do something like this. And I started asking the artist, you know, about the, the concept I wanted to do with the record. And I, by the time I got to the eighth one, the eighth one goes, well, why don't we write? And, you know, and again, I looked at him as quite puzzled as I was in New York that time. And um, I go, yeah, that's, that sounds good. So I end up actually writing and co-writing and then producing the record. And then instead of taking a small role in the guitar, I I took a major role in the guitar. And I set a goal of, I'm going to finish this record in one year. It took me one year and three days. And I traveled to, I did L.A., Hollywood. Let's see, L.A., Hollywood, Ventura, a lot in Muscle Shoals, a lot in Nashville, Virginia, Philadelphia, New York, and Mexico. And I did all that in, in a year. And I made a very eclectic record when I was trying to um, make a record like how like, like old school like Beatles where you can have uh, like a yesterday on one track and the next thing you have Helter Skelter or right. know, like a Pink Floyd record, not necessarily a concept record, but there's so many different genres that goes from R&B to blues to hard rock to Latin pop. And I did like this nylon with I'm conducting an orchestra. On this record as well, but every note was chosen very carefully, like where the, what, how the song ends and where the next song starts, and and it took me that took another several months of choosing the sequence. I really was trying to make uh, or like create a book, if that makes sense on on the record, right? Where every song was a chapter in the book, and you had to read every chapter to to understand the book. Wow. and, um, yeah, and, and and that record did quite well, and within that record, um, a hard rock band emerged, and I brought, you know, I, I brought the original singer from when I was signed to, I was in a band called Big Mouth, with um, the singer from Big Mouth, <clears throat> when we were signed to EMI with the Hair Days, and I brought him on, and he sang on two rock tracks, and I had him do, had him do background with the orchestra on, on another track, with the with a, a young um, singer that, um, I discovered that she sounds a lot, a lot like Adele. this a beautiful singer, and but anyway, so out of that, a real hard rock band emerged, and Tony and I decided to take it further. So from that, we just started writing and writing, and that's where we are now. To where we just released the first single of the band, in theory, uh, about three about, was about three weeks ago, and the stuff is just coming out. With, with, it's definitely exceeding my, my expectations on every level.
0: Right. And, and I'll tell you, so, I mean, and that brings me to the next part. So, you know, you, you send me this bit and this song, and I'm going to sit down, you know, after our conversation, I'm going to check it out. <coughs> Excuse me. And pop on, you know, as, as usual, you know, hit, hit, the, hit the sound machine and go to walk and get something to drink. And I walk by. I say, wow, man, that sounds pretty damn good, oh, you know. Good and, and yeah, no, no, you know. And and the new single, "Heroes," man, that is a kick ass deal, man.
1: It certainly is. It's, uh, it's, it's so sort of like you, you have to hold on, hold on for that ride. That.
0: It, you know and, and give me give me yeah well and, and i'll address this man because <clears throat> excuse me you know i'm i'm you know i grew up in you know in in the 70s and 80s you know so i mean that that's being being 56 you know i mean i grew up with <laughs> some of you remember some of the you know the 60s stuff and of course i listened to all of it I, i've heard you know the greatest bands of any, anybody i want to argue with go from the 50s to the 70s and early 80s that's the greatest bands of all time in any genre you Absolutely. know, and, you. and not to knock anything from today, but man, man, it just, whether you, whether you want to go to the Motown route, you want to go to the rock and roll route, you got, you have everything from Elvis, the Beatles on down to, you know, the who to Led Zeppelin to whatever. They all grew up on all that stuff. So you grew up on that. You heard it all. As I teach my kids, you listen to everything and then you have your own opinions, you know, yeah. and I think that this this song kind of puts it kind of makes you almost feel like you'd be back in the day in the seventies with, 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 with the today type deal. It's almost like you'd be hanging out with like a Roger Daltrey today, listening to him play something today. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Cause it gives that way back feel with a today. Like if you were sitting down with a bunch of cats that were big time stars that, that are big time stars, Unless we've lost, you know, and we're and you know, and you're kind of sitting there and check that out, man.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was trying to accomplish. Where it, you know, I feel like there's one foot in in that era, as far as uh, maybe musicality and or trying to create that music, like they, like a lot of the legends have been telling me, we, <clears> just, we don't get to do this music anymore. Like, right? Know, people are not making records like this. But if you add a modern production to it, that's where. I think it's that's I think that's why it's kind of refreshing the people.
0: Yeah, but a modern production so, without wa- without watering it down, or, or uh, you know the the sincerity and the purity is still there. Like you know, people want to argue all day long with I and, and I'll give somebody their opinion, but a forty five to a CD, there's no comparison, you know. Right. Um, or to, you know, I mean, to just record to a CD, just man, you know, you you can say, well, you like that clarity and that niceness of that CD. Eh, Okay. All right. That's your opinion. I appreciate it. I totally disagree. You kind of somewhere, you didn't, you didn't, you, you put a difference on the way back dial with a bring it to me. It's almost like. You know, the old Back to the Future song, you know, I mean, it, it's it's like, you know, taking the power of love and all of a sudden making it from way back then to now, making a rock and roll, thing. you put that kind of spin into, I appreciate that. you know, in, into it, and I, and I just, like I said, I feel like you can be driving down the street, like you'd have, uh, you know, a car full of, uh, you know, guys that played during that time period, yeah, man, you know, just kind of chilling, and we just played this song, you know, kind of deal, that's what it feels yeah. like, man.
1: I appreciate that. And, and like I said, the reaction we've been getting, um, you know, has I, 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 been the same. It's been like, oh my God, this is, this is like incredible. We don't get to do this. And even like some of the players I brought on this, and, um, you know, one particular, um, you know, his, his name is Clayton Knight. He's the one who did all the Hammond B3 on the track that you heard. Right. And he's probably so, um, no exaggeration, probably be. 400 million records or so <laughs> um, And anywhere from from Percy Sledge Rita Franklin to the majority I bet you he'd probably played on BJ Thomas's record as well <laughs> um, I, 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 I would say 90% I would say probably he probably did he's done so much country stuff as well and um, for a guy who's played on whatever three or four thousand records and um, it, was, it was funny, I was forewarned before he came in, like, okay, when well, he's going to come in, he's going to wear his mask, he's going to go to the live room, and, you know, and it, it, he's, you know I, wasn't, I wasn't sure how to react, because, um, you, know, was, like, you know, he has a reputation, not necessarily being, like, uh, surly, but he's sort of, he's there to do his job, and he's there to do the job for you, to make sure, like, and, and I, I actually appreciate that he wanted to do my, my music at a certain level right but he was very serious and i'm sitting i'm sitting there in the room and and uh he's just berating the poor engineers it's like you know punch me in on the third spot put you on the second spot i thought you just going on i'm like oh my god is this guy gonna take input from me you know <laughs> well i mean because at the end it's still it's my project and right. my name, but and he's that like old music. grizzled veteran <laughs> right and so he's a little veteran you know, i'm looking at him and and uh so finally uh, I I put two and two together and I go I hit the, the talk button. And I go, Hey Clayton, you know what? You really just need to be more aggressive. <laughs> and somebody and, say <laughs> Right? And and I go and, and, and I think you're missing the two bottom notes when you do this. Like and honestly, I don't know if he was missing one or missing zero or whatever, but I said, but you really need to be more aggressive. You want me to be more aggressive? And I see, he just lights up (laughs) in in a positive way. Um, Cause I think, again, I think a lot of people are were intimidated or are intimidated by how, I mean, he's, he's honestly, as a talent level, unfreaking believable, And, um, that, that definitely, I think he, he, he demands that respect and he gets that respect. And his story is just unbelievable. And, um, he comes out of the control room <laughs> and he goes, boy, that's the most fun I had in a long time. He goes, thank you. Thank you, Mike, for let me play real music.
0: I love that. I
1: love that. And then that. he took me to another room. He goes, Mike, this reminds me when I was at, and then he was like the little kid. going go and take his first concert. He was like, Mike, I remember seeing Deep Purple and I was, you know, it's my first concert. He start like naming every concert where there was like a rock, Element with the with that oh, type of Hammond B three, right. I want to share every story about it, and we end up just being really good friends. And then when I brought in Heroes, was the second track he came in on. And this time he came in as a different guy. For, so for the first two hours, we didn't even record anything. He, we just were telling stories about him on the boat and uh, about him at Motown. He actually used to have an office at Motown right across from Stevie Wonder, and um, I mean his his. his the people he's worked with, just like you said, it's insane. And we talked about two hours, and then he finally came in. He charted it out, <clears throat> and then when he got done, again, he was just smiling. It's like this is—I just love this. This, this is like real music. We don't get to do this down here, you know. Because Muscle Shoals, as legendary as it is, it has a specific sound, right? Right. It, you know, it and doesn't really deviate from that sound. And it's really at the end of the day, it's these. Fifteen people, twenty people. Um, now it's 15, 20 people. But and it goes back from the '60s, from the Swampers on. And Clayton was there. Was the original Swampers, and then when the Swampers split from fame, he was the other guy. You know, so Spooner was the legendary keyboard. Clayton was the other guy. You know, and um, and they were around the same era. I think the Swampers came around '66, '67, and he's around. He came around '69. And um, then when, when the when the song that you heard, Heroes, comes on, he's singing off the top of his lungs, Who screaming, <laughs> just screaming his head off. And when he did that again, it does for me. Uh, it just like, yeah, we did something right to move this guy, who's you know, a lot, like they say, a lot of times these guys are doing sessions with a smile, right? You know, they get paid, they they do it, they, they get done with the tracks, and they leave. He's sitting there screaming at the top of his lungs. He's like, "Oh my god!" This is like screaming and singing, and um, you know. And he was there for another few hours. He just he just loved being part of it. And so I knew I did something right. And then I brought in a couple other Muscle Shoals guys, another drummer. I call him the kid. He's like thirty six or so, and um, he. I brought him for one song. On on the ballad, I think, which will be our third single. And he said, this, "I played the entire record, not the entire record." But I think we have three or four songs in the can now. And his reaction was the same. He goes, "We don't get to do this down here. We just, Mike, he goes, you don't realize that we don't get to do this." And in a lot of ways, I had to, in, in a way, like even retrain him. Not necessarily retrain is a strong word, but they're used to playing a certain way. Like people come here to get that R and B feel, right? And I'm doing where. I want, I just basically, like I said, I'm trying to make a good recipe. There's enough muscle shoals. There's enough hard rock. There's enough little metal. There's a modern production. I'm also doing some techno tricks that like you would hear from like nine inch nails or, um, or Tom Morello. And it's not supposed to fit, but, um, but here was another guy who's like, Oh my God, this is just, I mean, he was floored. And so I know that all the producers have been coming stopping by and even like the Nashville guys have been stopping by to hear what to hear what we're doing. I'm sort of keeping it under wraps. I'm only letting people hear singles at a time. I don't let any files out. And then when they hear it in the studio they're like, wow, like this This is, again, like you said, just refreshing. This is unbelievable. And, um, you know, and then out of that came one more project with uh, which I think I told you earlier with the um, <coughs> With the Stevie Wonder folks, with um, her name is lanisha Latimer, and she was been the background singer for Stevie Wonder for fourteen years. Right. And she and she was on Oprah Winfrey's label. She was singing at the Apollo at ten years old, but she's always been a, a background singer. And then how I met her is she sang she was singing background a blues song on the Gogo record, and when I heard her sing <clears throat> background, I said to her, I said, you need to be a star. And the funny thing, Char, is I'm not an R&B guy, but I said, I'm going to write you an R&B song.
0: <laughs> oh, <not> okay. <laughs> okay.
1: And so I wrote an R&B song, and her, the same thing, her and I wrote a song, and, but as a collaborative, um, her and I just, I mean, we really just hit it off. And if you listen to Heroes, and I think the first three songs are doing with the hard rock stuff, she's she's on, she's doing all the harmonies on the hard rock stuff. And again, you don't really hear that where we created a gospel choir um, in, the, in the music that we're doing and it was another unique thing that wasn't really planned but her voice even though she sings quite different than Tony who's the singer for In theory they match their tones match and sometimes you can't tell if it's, if it's him or if it's her even though they sing completely different so the blend turned out right and um and yeah, we, and I did some definitely experimenting on, um, I think it will be the second song called The River Song, where I created a choir of her. There's 30 of her. And essentially what we did is I put a microphone in the middle of the room. And this is like so old school. It's because it, we didn't have access to a choir. And I know she has a range of a baritone to a high soprano. Right. So what I did with her is I just moved her around, moved her around all right, move three feet, move five feet, move 10 feet, move 15 feet, put her on a riser, put her on amp, face the other way. Like every, every everywhere in the room that could fill a spot, we had her sing and do every line a little bit different as if you're going to listen to a real choir. So when you're watching a choir, you're getting uh, voices and timbers from three feet away, five feet away, seven right. feet away. So I was trying to create that with her. And like I said, the first two or three tracks with her doing that stuff was, was magnificent. And, um, and then she was just down here um, in Muscle Shoals, like I said, the last four days. And we're writing some very interesting material where it's a little bit like, you know, the very first track was a track out of frustration. It almost came out like you took Phil Collins meets Alonis Morissette with The Little Soul and Zeppelin. That's the first track <laughs> that we wrote. And, and honestly, it was out of frustration because I, I really wanted to do like an R&B blues jazz thing with her and I wrote these tracks and we were not getting anywhere. So I went in deep, what they call like a detuned guitar, like how they would do like a nineties grunge music. And I was just like, eh. I was just, it was frustration. And we ended up writing, it's, it's like, it'll, I, you know, I hope it'll be a hit, but it's a very catchy song. <laughs> and um, and then we ended up writing uh, a couple other songs and the next one I'm actually finishing up today. And, um, you know, it really came out like this, this really beautiful song where I brought in uh, Clayton again. We have a grand piano. I brought in the Alabama Orchestra, and um it, it's just it's just a beautiful song that means so many things on different levels to people. You know, it's, you know, it, we, we we the way we invert the lyrics, it's, it's really a song about about heartbreak. You know, or, or breaking up in a relationship, but Phrases, you know, I just want one more day, and the other w- word is I want one more dance, you know, and 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 basically the, the tag of the song is, you know, um, you know, w- we don't hear the same song now. It's time for us to dance alone. And, ooh,
0: ooh, right. whoa! That's right. a that's a great great snag right there, man. That's that's a great line anywhere. I mean, that's hey. really cool.
1: Yeah, and. and 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 basically, that's that was originally like the sentiment of the the chorus. But then we we were able to write by it was really by accident. She she came out, picked up in Nashville. We went out to the restaurant, and she came back to my apartment. And from maybe from twelve to four, we rewrote the chorus and put it in a new position. And we wrote a brand new chorus. And and now the chorus is you know uh, basically it's like this. I think it's just, just, I want one more day. You know, it's like you and I, or I want, it's, it's, and it's, it switches the lyrics. You can't tell if it's um, just give me one more day or give me one more dance. It's like you and I together forever. It's, it's really kind of cool. It, it makes it very positive. Like, it would be like a great wedding song. It would be a great song you said you know, if someone, if, you know, if somebody, like, it even it would be a great song in a breakup song. It would be great for, again, like, whoever you interpret it if somebody's sick in your family and you could just have one more day with them and, and you're just telling them i just want one more day and uh, you know and and that's that's how the, the lyrically how that one's coming around and it's just a beautiful song you know it's it's it's, it's so exceeded what we thought you know so um and then heroes is a whole other thing lyrically i'm not sure if you really delve deep into uh the heroes you know by in theory well yeah
0: well yeah and 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 i want to address that one second now when is this when is that last song what's the last the title of that last song uh
1: it's it's called uh we dance alone
0: we dance alone and when when is this going to be out
1: fingers crossed three or four weeks
0: Okay. Yeah, I know. If, if I know. I,
1: if I if I can do my job properly,
0: <laughs> 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 well, these these damn podcast guys wouldn't keep calling you up trying to get you on the uh, show. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, no, I
1: appreciate that that, honestly, that you that you wouldn't even give me 15
0: minutes <laughs> on the show. So you know. So I mean, but okay. Yeah, and, and no heroes. Here's the thing of that, because I only asked you a little bit about heroes when when we spoke off air, because I always like to listen to a song and get a feel of it and. You know, kind of go with, go with you know, with, from there. And, you know, it's funny because lyrics are very deceiving. Right. And so are titles. And right. and this time it was the title. It's very deceiving in a way. But uh, is very, it, it proclaimed something also in the song. So, yes, I did listen to the song intensely because it's funny. People know, listen to songs all their lives and have not a damn clue to what the song meant. You know, Sting made a great comment one time. He said he goes to a wedding, and all of a sudden, you know, somebody's saying, oh, man, you know, Every Breath You Take is our our song. And he's sitting there with his wife, and he's like, you know, like, oh, man, you want to talk about that and how it came up? And, you know, it's about a stalker. You know? So, So he really didn't want to get into a conversation about it at these people's wedding of how Every Breath You Take came out. But so this... As in the hero's part, is that and correct me if I'm wrong, please. Is that it's almost like a "be careful who you pick as your hero" type thing, right?
1: Exactly. It's actually in a lot of ways an anti-hero song. That's well.
0: I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I. I remember you saying something about that. I'm not sure if I would say it was an. I, I. I. like the idea of it singing because you know. I you know, maybe, maybe explain how you mean that because I heard this being. More of an enlightenment to choose your people wisely.
1: Yes, I, I think I probably would go with, with your perception of it as well. You, you what's know, your
0: uh, song? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm just giving my idea, my friend.
1: <laughs> I, know, I, I, mean, I, I have several um, takes on the song, I and mean, you know, I, when I say anti-hero, I, I'm meaning in the fact that people think it's a hero song, you know, and right no it's, it's not really a hero song. It's about questioning who your heroes are and questioning yourself why these people are your heroes, you know, and, and it's very fitting to the times if you watch the news, I mean, it doesn't matter what news channel, and you see who our leaders are, and it's not only leaders, it could be basketball players, it could be reality stars, because all these people that are manufactured uh, idols, and, and it's really just look at who, who your false idols are, and, and, uh, and really take a hard look at who your real heroes are, and and, you know and I, I feel like it's one step further I mean I really think you should look inside as yourself. I mean you could be a hero to yourself as well you know Very um, true you know and 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 um that's what really the the meaning of the song so it's it's, it's that it's um you know, really you know not that to to get biblical but you know false prophets watch out for the false prophets. Um, and, and to question what's going on, and obviously, like I said, this this world that we're, we're living in right now is quite crazy, and the people that are leading us, and the people that are following it is, is even, um, yeah. I don't know, I think people follow this bandwagon, you know, of um, of these leaders, and that's why we said, you know, will we survive, you know, will we die, you know, like, even if you just want to bring up the pandemic, you know who's who do you believe? You know, That's like who uh, you know in, in that world, you
0: know. Um, right. Well, I mean, you, it's like you brought up. You know, you, you bring this gentleman in and uh, give me his name again. The the, the 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 Wiley veteran. The the oh Clayton Clayton. Ivey. Clayton, Ivey. yeah, you bring him in, you know, and he's of a different cut kind of cloth to begin with. And, and and then you take it to, you you know, who's someone who's been on, somebody makes a, you know, an album and they, they sell, you know, hey, God bless them to make a gold album. You know, okay that's great. You make a platinum album, that's great. You know, but when you start getting into the hundreds and you know, that, that you know, I, I always sit there and say, you know, there's Elvis with two, over 2 billion sold. There's the Beatles 1.5 billion sold. There's Michael with over a billion sold. And then there's everybody else. Well, this guy is like, the difference is with him is he's on everybody's, you know, so, so he, he's been on, you know, all these bajillions of, of, of talent. But the thing is when you walk in there, sure, he should command a a definite bit of respect. And yeah, you, you, you do kind of, you know, I've, I've found as being a former athlete and you know, and everything else is you kind of get kind of grizzled in a way as it is, but you have to look at modern times. But at the same time, that respect is, Today, everybody with a laptop's a mixer. Everybody with a with a this is a that. Everybody's a show host. Everybody's a you know a musician, whatever. But not really. Right. You know, there's there's you know right.
1: everybody with an iPhone's a uh, movie director.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same exact deal. And and some of them, bless them, some of them do a fantastic job. But there's been an earned. It's like everybody's a TV star, movie star today. It's not a Clark Gable type time or John Wayne or whoever you want to look up as an idol you know, as a hero or whatever else. So I think that at times, like when, when you, when he walks in, Clayton walks in, there's a, a mystique that's there. And I think sometimes the respect's not given there either of your time of, of whatever you've done. And so right. also that kind of, you know, when you earned the sit there and say, Oh man, look, that's somebody, look, that's the Beatles, right. you know? Oh my gosh. You know, guys that were singers, songwriters, musicians, what else, you know? I mean, what else do you want, you know? I mean, you know, right. out, out of something like that. So I think that at times, you know, and, and then you also look at the idea of who are the real heroes, you know. Like you said, is you know, you look at our parents, you look right, at right. you know, I mean,
1: even sports people. I mean, nobody's perfect, and you know, and
0: right. You I mean, be careful
1: on how you idolize the people. I mean, nobody's perfect, and
0: yeah, my mom's and, my know, hero to this day.
1: Everybody, everybody has everybody has skeletons in their closet. <laughs> <You>
0: know, that, <laughs> that's right? no, nobody's,
1: nobody's immune to it and, and take just take a hard look at it and and sometimes don't like you said you had to said don't forget me you know for me you know my, my parents are are my heroes yeah, my mom's know? my
0: hero and, absolutely
1: um you know i have very close friends that you know you know whether you know they don't even have to be police or fire this the fact that they wake up every day and all they want to do is take care of their family and yeah you know and, and and you know and just that person is a hero to me absolutely you know you don't have to be on TV you don't have to you know we're
0: blessed to do what we do
1: you don't you don't have to sell a hundred million records right you know it could be you know, the post guy who gets up every single day and he does his job every single day and he does it great and he's happy and he supports his family, you know. That's a hero as well.
0: Absolutely, many different phases of of a hero. Yeah, my mom is my hero, so I understand that. I mean, you know, and here, here's here's the thing. I, I think the idea that you would put, put it out there, the idea that it has a kick ass sound to it. I mean, all the way around. I mean, you know, making you rethink things at a time that maybe people really need to rethink. Hey, look, you know, I mean, uh, it's hard times for everybody. And I I don't, I'm not getting on any political lines. Don't want to hear it. They're not interested, you know, but, but, you know, and I don't mean that to you per I mean, even to our audience, they all, they already know that where, I stand, where I, stand, how I stand on that. I don't do politics on the show and I don't do religion on the show, but, um, you know, and I believe in God. So, um, but it's my show. I can say that, <laughs> but, sure. but no, but what I'm saying is hey, that it's that, my show and I'm saying what I want to say. Damn right. You know, but, but, <laughs> and, 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 you're my guest that network, that works the same way where you were saying what you want to say, but I mean, but I, but I think that at the same time, you know, you, it is a really good time to look and say, Hey man, look, you just, you just gave the postman props, you know, you just gave, gave, gave the girl at the grocery store who's working her ass off every single week maybe to put food on a table for kids or whatever food on the table
1: for their kids and they're getting minimum wage yeah i, I mean, mean you know you consider that person not a hero
0: that very true mean? very true my friend and i think that the point you made is you can look at yourself in the mirror and you know, mirror and, you know, and you know, I'm sure, everybody got a skill in their closet. You know, I, I joke, I used to say, but but I, I have a joke that goes on top of that, except for somebody's got out, but I can't do that because it's voting times. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, but I mean, there's all got out. But anyway, so, um, but no, it, it's just, that's the point. I think that you really, sometimes you have to look in the mirror yourself and say, damn it, man, you know, because it's not always an easy day and, and you still brush off the dust and the rust and everything else and go to work or whatever. And uh, I think that's a great point, man. I think with, like I said, with an awesome sound, I think you just you just found something really cool that you. I, I could can see this closing down any great concert somewhere, man. You know, and and I can't wait until all this stuff's behind us, and uh, I come see this played live somewhere, man. It'd be badass. I, I think live
1: will be quite amazing. I think it may catch people off guard, you know, yeah. uh, when they finally get to hear this thing. And um, I got know, a question, excuse
0: you know, me, I got I, a question I, to that.
1: I put like a little teaser clip on, I think it was yesterday, of, um, I brought in the choir, and one one of the people was actually, Lanisha um, from from Stevie Wonder, but I, I also brought in, uh, one of the women, that uh, they call the Shoal Sisters, and she's the equivalent of a, of Clayton and Spooner and all those guys and, and Muscle Shoals being there's her. And I, I forgot there's another woman that uh, they've been on the same thing, several thousand records. <laughs> so I, uh, but when I'm making records again, like I was telling I'm very cognizant of, um, I just want enough, enough sprinkle, you know, where she could, I could have partnered her up with the other Shoal sister, but I decided to separate them up. I kept, only took one of them, but I matched it up with Lenisha, and I found the singer down here. Just um, as you know, I'm, you know, I'm going through a little stuff out here, so I'm I'm getting to adventure my my solo, <laughs> so so uh-huh. to speak. And I got to see the singer, and, um, and I think he's got a song picked up by Chris Stapleton, but he's got this baritone, really like. And I'm like, his resonance will work with Stevie Wonder, gal, and this girl. And then I brought in. Um, a soprano from actually from a real choir and put them all four together. And we just stacked it and stacked it where there's 20 of those people. And we opened the song and it just sounds magnificent. But what it goes into next is the surprise.
0: Uh. Wow.
1: That, that's a surprise. Like when you hear the choir, you're like, wow, okay, this is something like Queen would do. And then right. all of a sudden, when when you hear the next thing, it's sort of yeah. You better hold on to your hats and good
0: luck. <laughs> let me ask you. So. Let me ask you a question on that part. With that being said, you know, I I make a joke. I said you know, sit there and said you know, you you, you listen to a meatloaf album. You know, I mean, it's you know, you better have about a good four hours. You know, so I mean, is this going to be one of those songs that you know that that it's a three minute song on the radio and it's twelve minutes in person?
1: Um, we certainly could make it twelve minutes, um,
0: <laughs> because I mean, I can see this stretching out to being the creativity being ridiculous on a live show. Yeah, you know, and
1: I, I think so. I mean, like I said, these, pow- these people are so powerful in what they they do. I mean, no matter if it's a singer or a drummer, wh- whoever we've we've brought on, on on this thing is, they've really just elevated the tracks. So I could imagine what they would do live and, and the funny thing is most of these people don't want to really play live per se they, they right. love being session folks and now they're like when are we going on the road are we going on the road <laughs> you know
0: now hey, that's impressive the- now that's really impressive because it's way and i, I want to if, if you don't mind me interrupting i, I want to sit there and say something people don't realize you know how great session artists are you right. know, and, and where they've come from. I mean, Jesus, Lou Rawls was a session singer for Sam Cooke. I right. mean, you know, I mean, Glenn Campbell was a session player. That's how he became a Beach Boy, if I remember right. You know, I mean, which yeah, went Glenn, on from...
1: Glenn Campbell was a session guitar player for the Beach Boys.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, you you one of the greatest guitarists of all time, and nobody re- gives a recognition outside, you know, somebody who really knows something about music. And... You know, so I mean, people don't realize the session singers, guitarists, players, uh, musicians. Period, are some of the most incredible players that you never see on TV. Maybe.
1: Right. Yeah, and well, Anisha's well, so it's the same thing about like when the touring band of Stevie Wonder, and she says, "Mike, just the talent." Like they're they're there to support, right? That's their role.
0: Well, and I mean, and, and, don't and
1: really the, realize actually how badass everybody is like it's inc- like everybody could be their own artist right um, but obviously if you're supporting an artist you're in a sort in your you know you're in a support role you're there to support the artist and make the artist sound the best that they can be not about yourself so a lot of people don't actually realize that the talent level of, of these folks and Jesus, like yeah it's just ridiculous and,
0: yeah, my, I, made, I made a joke in a movie one time I was doing with Burt Reynolds. And I made a joke and he said, that's why I'm Burt Reynolds and you're working there. You know, you're, you're, you're doing that position there. And, and it was a joke. I was being a smart ass to him. And it, we were, you know, throwing this. That's why my name's in the marquee. And I sit there and he says, buddy, he says you're doing a hell of a job. I'm like ah, that's mighty nice of you. Thank you so much, Bert. But that was the idea. I wasn't the star of the deal. These, are, you know, you're you're back. You're you're pushing or backing up or supporting cast or whatever. Because that's it doesn't mean that you're not doing. You're not great at what you do. And exactly. some and some people, either aren't picked, don't know people haven't used or utilized, missed it that they don't realize that these, some of these people are standout artists. Yeah, also well,
1: it's almost it's almost you know i think that they they should redefine the title you know like when they call like like say like anisha well you're you're just a you're, you're just a backup singer it's yeah like, it should be defined as something else because the you know talent level is like i said i mean it's it's she, she's one of the most elite singers on the planet right you know um, it it, it you know, kind of it's kind of diminutive, in a yeah. Positive way, she's like, no, but that's my role is this, you know. And she never takes it as a, n- a negative connotation. You know,
0: so. yeah, but I understand what you're saying, and 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 saying is such, and I and I like that. I agree that it should be. I'm normally not one to change too many titles. I get I get wrapped up. I don't like to get wrapped up in that stuff, but that's definitely one, and I think that is is there because uh you know sometimes you have some of the best, most incredible singers. Back there, and and you know, and I love the idea though that she knows. Hey, look, I'm a backup singer for Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad thing in any which way. You know, I mean those. Was-
1: well, and for 14 years, it's amazing. You know, and and then on top of that, she does Jennifer Lopez in between. But um, but really, I mean, the Stevie thing is just kind of a ridiculous thing to do. You know, um, you know the stories that she's telling me of. Uh, like every show is completely different. I mean, whatever his mood is, and you, you sort of have to improvise with it, right? And, um, and I think one of the things that he does is he's sort of uh, egoless. You know, egoless. Is that, is that a word? Or, or he does not really have an ego. <laughs> I, I think I just made up a word. I'm not sure if that's a real word. That's a
0: micism um, right there, man. Monsterism right. right there. Monsterism right there.
1: And um, but in every show, he'll let. To let the you know the the artist shine, the, the, you know the backup singer shine, and um, or a guitar player or a drummer. And there's there's some really amazing footage of her singing. I think she does like one. I saw recently. She did "Summertime."
0: Oh, and, nice!
1: And, and it's great. You see Stevie thinking, alright Who should we pick? Who should we pick? And there's somebody screaming, "Sing that, Vanessa!" And she does sing "Summertime," and uh, oh my God, it's. It's amazing, you know, and um, the crowd just goes absolutely crazy. And, um, but the fact that he does that for all his artists, whatever you want to call artists or his, his support team, it's kind of cool. Right? Just, you know, he lets, he lets them stretch their, their wings for, for a song. You know? I, I, I really love that. Cool. I,
0: lo- I love that. You know, I mean, that's, that's very unselfish and ego-less is a word. If it isn't, it is now. Uh, um, it, right? <laughs> it is now declared right here in the life box. I'm, I'm, I'm calling
1: Webster right now.
0: Get on the phone, brother. Get on the phone. You're not, see that <laughs> muscle shoals, man. that are getting to create English language too. <laughs> you right. know, um, and but that's so
1: too, we, we should at some point, uh, well, we have time. I mean, muscle shoals is, I, I think honestly responsible for, um, for the, for this music that's come out of me. I mean, honestly, uh you know, be, being maybe a cynical L.A. guy, and I, I'm not sure if you and I had spoken about this, but being a New York guy and an L.A. guy, you know, um, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to, you know, a lot of this where um, there's, there's a lot of folklore that goes back, you know, um, 6,000 years.
0: Right. right. You know, like, the, you know, there's a the Neil book. Diamond song in this, right? <laughs>
1: right. So it, but it, it goes back 6,000 years. To the, when, the, when the Indians lived on the Tennessee River and they could hear music there was a music coming from the river and the river goes all around Muscle Shoals and you know and, and there's a really if you ever get a chance and I always tell everybody if you love history and you love music you have to watch that documentary and it, it'll, it'll blow your mind that this little nondescript town that's economically depressed um where again, billions and billions of records have been sold out of this little city. And it's not glitzy or glamorous like in L.A. or New York or Chicago right. or Nashville. It's just this little town of now. Now it's grown to a whole fifty-eight thousand people. Um, but it's it's not. When I say it's not glitzy, it's not glitzy for sure. You know, and it's a very it's a very rough place. I think to make a living if you live here. And, um, right. But there's, if you ever watch a documentary or hear musicians talk about it, and I saw there was a great interview with Joe Rogan, interviewed uh, Steven Tyler. And Steven Tyler went to the Fame Studios, which I was just at this weekend for, this, I was doing a tour with Lanisha, And um, Steven went in there to the Edda James and Aretha room, and he said he just started crying because everything is still original the original walls original baffles original piano and he could feel the energy of all these greatness before him Aww. all the way from the 60s and he was just in tears and if you watch the documentary whether it's mick jagger or bono or i mean it, there's no exception There's, they, and they're all equating it to the music that's coming from the river you know um and honestly like i was like ah, you know i don't know you know and no, but as the and but now I'm 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 a true believer. <laughs> excuse me, I'm a true believer because you have to remember I was first of all getting back into music, and I'm more of a rock guy. Like I, said, I had my rock helmet on, um, but all of a sudden here I am. I'm doing Latin pop. I'm conducting the Alabama Orchestra. I'm doing R and B. I'm doing Delta blues, and. Honestly, I never played slide guitar before doing a go record. You know, I never did an R and B song. I never conducted an orchestra. Um, and also this music is coming out of me and I don't know really where it's coming from. And it's not really a conscious thing. This is what I feel is what I'm writing. So I think there is something about the river that is affecting it. I mean, I live actually a quarter mile from the river. Um, so I do think that there's something to all these stories. And I mean, like I said, you see interviews of Mick Jagger, and Keith Richards, Dwayne Allman, Bono, Paul McCartney, you know, you name every legend. I mean, though, Aretha Franklin, she, I mean, she could not get her, if you want to say her mojo, her groove until she came down here. Ooh. And her first, whatever, 10 hits were down here.
0: See, man, I'm quite the music student, and I just didn't, I've heard of the place, I mean, I've, I've actually been there uh, about 10, 15 years ago, but I just did not know the, you know, it was kind of one of those traveling towns I went through, I had no idea the history of it, I, and that's crazy, um, you know, most of, the, most of the places you can mention to me, I'll say, oh yeah, man, I can name somebody from it, I've, I've got an educated lesson in this too, yeah. I mean... <laughs>
1: what they're doing here even though it's economically depressed I think this is one of the only places in the world it has to be where within a 10-mile radius um, they're rebuilding all, all the major, like the original major studios that were here in the 60s 70s and so forth where if you go to obviously the technology is so good these days right but you can you can make a record from your house if you're a good if you're a good enough engineer you know, a lot of times people doing the vocals from their closet. If you have a reverb in your living room, right, <laughs> you can make a great record. I mean, just like really, the technology is so good. Um, that's why a lot of those major studios are out of business. And um, But here, fame is, is rocking. They redid Muscle Shoals Sound. They have Cypress Moon. The stu- most stuff where I'm recording is called East Avalon. That was out of business for... You know, almost 15-20 years, and this guy came from South Carolina. This loved the history, and he bought East Avalon, and he bought some studio called Widget that was also around back in the day. He restored East Avalon, and once that's fully restored to you know to what it's supposed to be, they'll finish Widget, and then they redid uh, Wishbone. It's another studio from the from the day, and they rebuilt that. Um, this other guy just came in with the Ivy Mansion and. So within, like I said, a ten-mile radius, you have about eight or nine major studios, all all within the river. You know, I mean, they're all within five minutes of each other.
0: Well, that's crazy, and man, with 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 it, with it being a town that needs people to bring in an income, man, I mean, I encourage, and it has such a magic and mystique, and and everything that's about it. I I encourage everybody who can to go down there and check it out because. You know, one, if anything, it brings great, uh, it brings great income to the local town. And then two, and two, of course, you know, then you look at it and say, Hey, man, look, you know, I mean, you, you're experiencing history. And, and, uh, to say that you're even in a room or, or, or into a, a place where something like Aretha Franklin's played or, you know, or, you know, you, you can go into a lot of rooms that one person has played there. You know, yeah, there's a right lot of places. As,
1: even like Leonard Skinner, you know, Sweet Home Alabama, right, right down the street. You know, the, you know, I mean, by one of the Swamper guys. You know, you, you know, it's right down the street. The wild horses. Yes,
0: yeah, see that, the, that's crazy. Hit,
1: right, right down the street.
0: See that that that's absolutely crazy all by itself. Um, with it now, when when is your project going to be completed, by man? So when the whole thing is going to, you know, when everybody can go order the album.
1: Well, the goal is by the end of the year. Right now we have, uh, on, the ba- on the band in theory, we have four songs completed. And um, like you said, if everything goes right, Twenty Nine will have another at least you know, three or four songs complete before the end of the year. And then the goal is every 30 or 45 days to release only up to the first three singles. And after that, I'm not releasing anything else until the full record comes out.
0: Okay, and where can everybody get it out right now if they want to get the music that's out?
1: Right now, you can go to uh, any digital platform that's that's out there. You can go, I, you know, we we encourage obviously go to iTunes, go to Amazon. You know, uh, pay, pay the the whopping dollar twenty nine <laughs> to listen to the song.
0: And somebody said uh, to me, "It's a dollar twenty nine right now, live it in color. Go get some great original music."
1: Right, a dollar twenty nine. Because you know, it's that's uh, that's the one sad thing about. um I wish our industry, the music industry, would would fight back against. Not necessarily. I'm, I'm anti Spotify. I, I understand why um there, there is a purpose for it. But you know, but the, the artists are getting paid. You know, what like zero 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 three cents per
0: per uh, buy, per yeah. stream. yeah.
1: Um, where. If you're on Amazon or the um, Google Play, there's like three or four platforms where, you know, they get, they get to see their full royalty, you know, and, um, you know, it's kind of sad. I mean, you can, could, you, could, you know, like on the Google record, for instance, we had several million streams, but it doesn't really equate to a whole lot financially, you know, and you think about it, not even 10 years ago, or 15 years ago, if you had a million people buy a single, you can make a living as, as an artist. Yeah, and, and that, that, you that's can. that's you still have to struggle.
0: Yeah, that's very that's very true. You you went you win gold, man. You were you you put a half a million copies bought out there. You you were on your way for a minute, you know. That was your that was that was your Cadillac and your down payment on your house, and you had money coming in for a little bit, you know. And right. uh yeah, it's definitely different. And, uh I, I, I talk to people about that all the time. I had a conversation with Bobby G. Rice a couple days ago on the show and Said, man, remember having the day out when I mean, if you had three hits, you <laughs> you were on your way, for life, yeah. Remember, I mean, you know, for life, yeah. You know. So, I mean, and 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 think about it you know, with two, three million, you know, slams on that, that's a big deal, and congratulations on that. But I'd I like to, i like to see that, you know, slammed out to you know, 20, 30 million on her. Great music, great sound, man. Um, I, I don't want to say I was surprised. Because, one, you know, Eric told me you were talented, so I knew you were talented. And, you know, then when we chatted, I knew that, okay, man, you know, you, you know you're know, you legit. I did not look you up at all beforehand on it because I, I go on Word on Friends. I'll check it out and look and see. But, man, all right. of a sudden, I hit that play button, and I'm getting up to walk into the dining room. And i so lonely, man. I got to turn that up a little bit, you know. And uh, right. we're sitting here listening and going, hey, man. And all of a sudden, you know, my girl says, "Hey, that's a that's 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 a good song. Who is that?" You know, and I was like, "Well, you know, you know that long long call I just got off with a little while ago, <laughs> yeah, you because know, you and I had a hell of a conversation." You know, you <laughs> yeah, and, you and I, and I actually,
1: I think we had a conversation i think it was almost three or four
0: hours <laughs> yeah it was, it was right at close to three hours you know and i said you know you know and you and i the joke was and i'm gonna say this on the air because the, eric's a great mutual friend of ours you know you're, you're 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 what you said was you know you and eric have great conversations you know it, not much about much you know it's about about everything you know type deal and i i said that and he and i laughed hysterically because he and i do the same thing but here's the cool thing of this this is why i love having my show that i can you know. I can relax and say what I want on the show with people that, you know, man, we hit it off in the beginning, but, uh, you know, and it was awesome to have a great conversation with you guys. It is now have you on the show and do it. Um, but at the same time, man, the music spoke for itself, I mean, I hit the and, button and, and on
1: a personal note. I mean, I'll say it on the air. I mean, you know, your, your conversation was, you know, often, you know, the, our personal conversation was very enlightening and, you know. I also know what you do for a living as well. I looked at a little bit of what you do and right with the NLP and uh, motivational coach and, and, and all that as well. And I think personally, you know that you know what um, going through it on a personal level and, and trying to uh, decipher it, you know, is the best way of putting it. And the fact that you you did take the time to you took the time to listen and and, and give your perspective, and you didn't have to do that, you know. So I thought that was actually very. Um, Cool. So I want to thank you for that as well. You know, I, know, I appreciate I know you that.
0: To do that. I appreciate that, not I, I didn't have to. I wanted to, my friend, and you know, and you know, like I said, you and I just hit it off. You know, and, uh, God, don't get you, me, and Eric in the same room together for a while. We're going to sit down have some drinks and have a great time. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I told Eric I, I'm bringing my, uh, if we do it, I have my special bottle of Jack Daniels. I think he's got some new special bottles.
0: And I got a great bottle of scotch, man. We're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a party right there. We're, right on. going to be a
1: party or, or it's going to be, like, a dangerous night or something.
0: <laughs> It'd be a great night. Um, you know, we'll, we'll put on some tunes, man. Ain't nothing like it, you know. Um, but, no, I mean, so it's really, I mean, you, you've done a great job on this. Um, I'm anxious to see. Let me ask you a question, This, and I didn't ask you about this. I know there was a documentary done about the town, and I highly encourage. I haven't gone to check it out yet, but I highly encourage people to go check out the documentary on Muscle Shoals. But have you done any filming on this as you've progressed in this project?
1: I, well, I've been, I have a lot of behind-the-scenes uh, footage. To put it that way you know and i used to have a lot more prior to uh you know when i was <laughs> when i had my um my, my previous relationship because she was also doing my what i always would used to do is filming behind the film by the films so i would have love that two cameras going and i had um like a phone and, and pictures going
0: so at, yeah and a there was rover
1: three yeah. cameras going at the, always like because i thought you would cut when we there was always one camera that was Never move static, and it was when I was going in and out. And what I loved about that concept is people would forget that the one camera was always on, so you really got to see the true. <laughs> I reacting.
0: love that, I love and that people, man.
1: You people don't really realize what they're saying, how they're really reacting. Um, so we had a lot of stuff, but on this last recent one, uh, to be honest with you, there's a little bit less. I try to like fit it in, you know, but I'm so focused on trying to make um, a great record. I haven't really focused on that. I tried, like I said, I I was able to get some clips of us doing the choir of, you know, of her singing. Um, you know, this, there's some really cool stuff that I'm gonna try to incorporate. Of there's um, like with Clayton and Nisha and I, we we wrote, like I said, that ballad of you know we don't hear the same song now. It's time for us to dance alone song. And uh, but it's it's when you hear the chorus, it's it's very moving. I swear it'll. Like I almost want to well up when I hear it, and um, I'm usually not that that type of guy. And but there's a cool rendition. I'm just on an acoustic guitar, he's on the grand piano, and she's singing. It's just us, and I have it on a, on the camera phone, and we just are doing that, like just doing that the, the chorus out for like one minute. And we did a couple of different clips of it, and then <clears throat> I thought that was very cool to, to do. Like I want, so if we ever put out a video, I want to obviously do big production, and at the end, you just have that, like, the real thing of, this, of the three of us in a room doing that. I think it's kind of cool. And the other thing that I was doing is after he completed his parts, again, like I was saying, he's not necessarily you would be jaded, like I said, but if you would do three, four thousand records, yeah, uh, you, you get that certain level of jadedness, you know, Right. And he's just singing that song, just one more time, you know, whatever they were saying. Right. Dance together. He's And he's singing, and she's looking at him. She's like, look at him, look at him. So we both were taking videos of, like, I was shooting the studio, and I was shooting him, and I could tell he was so proud of, like, even, like, his little, his little stuff that he was playing, he was so, like, <clears throat> again, that, that moved me. He was like, he was so proud of, even if he did, like, a little riff on the piano, he's like, <sighs> You see it, and then he's again, even on that song, he's singing on top of his lungs, you know. And and um, you know, and then you see me, I'm I'm, with, I'm taking my camera phone, and I'm shooting on her. She doesn't realize I'm shooting her from my phone. She's singing on top of her lungs, and you know, so like to get those moments are kind of cool, you know. And you know, and, and the one thing that Clayton did, I was going to say for the In Theory record, because he just loved the singer for In Theory, like he sort of sounds like. A little bit like Chris Cornell, Soundgarden, you know. Right. Um, and he goes, he, he he's got this uh, super southern accent. So if I really do a bad southern accent, bear bare at me because. I, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, Your boy, he goes, you know, I don't know who that singer is, boy, but man, that boy can sing. And he's just going on. He goes, and then he kept thinking, like, for some reason, people so <laughs> early on, so happy people think that, I'm like this actor guy, and then I'm bringing musicians around. Uh, I swear I got the people in the sound think that I'm like, um, like you know, whatever, some sort of movie star guy. <laughs> and I'm bringing <laughs> these real musicians to work with the movie star guy. It's kind of funny, you know. And, um, so, you know, initially Clayton's like, who's that singer? And he just kept thinking. He's like, I work with that guy. I work with that guy. I go, no, he's just, <laughs> he's just my friend from New York. He goes, that boy, that boy can sing. So, and Tony, I, I, one thing I have to tell you about Tony, like, he's very, um, there's a few things. He's very modest, and he's very, um, he has a very romantic view of the business. And he doesn't really think, like, he, you know, he's great, and he's phenomenal. He doesn't really, like, realize how great he is. Right. So what I've been doing for him, like, uh, and Clayton was one of them, and um, again, you know, he's he's one of the legends. He's you know one of the swampers and Spooner as well. And I did a recording with Spooner and Tony. And the first time I did it with Spooner, Spooner goes, "Boy, that, that singer's great." But with Clayton, I said, "Clayton, can you do me a favor? Can you do a, a video?" So we're in the studio, and then show up. He goes, "Hey, boy, Tony, we, you know we don't we can't figure out what you're selling. You sound sell. Sell like this guy. You sound like that guy. But boy." You just kick ass. Just remember that, you kick ass. And that was it. And that for a guy like Tony, that makes his make it look, for a guy who sold four hundred million records, for him to say, look, you just kick ass. It doesn't matter who you sound like, you just kick ass.
0: And that 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 works for me, brother. That definitely works for me. I mean that that's that's insane. I mean, I love that. And uh, and and that's a huge compliment to you, man. And, and you know, and the fact that how much of a student of the game you are that you study, pick up, and you can maneuver amongst, you know, these legends and do it with respect and well is really, is, is really awesome and says a lot about you. Now, I got two exactly. questions to ask you as we're winding down this, buddy, because, uh, you know, so one question is, what do you, what, what's been your guilty pleasure of away from music, man? What have you been doing? You know, are, are you catching Netflix? Or are you going for a walk? What's your deal right now, man, to kind of, like, break the monotonum away from the job?
1: Well, <laughs> I have to be honest with you, not, not too much. Um, <laughs> um, the, the, the most guilty pleasure is, um, I mean, really, up up until uh, six weeks ago, I mean, it really was, because um, it was still, um, you know, very hot here, as you know. Um, my, my two guilty pleasures. Because I said I also have a place in Ventura, but my guilty pleasure here is going to the river. And I used to, you know, a um, guy you know, used to go to the. To the there's two sides of the river, but there's one side that has uh, a, a huge park, and you know we would hang out. The, you know, put the hammocks out. and bring the, the German Shepherd, and you just watch. It's just so serene, and not a whole lot of people, and. You see a lot of hammocks, and you just chill out and and, and just take it in. You know? I love so that's that. One guilty pleasure. I love uh, that. When I go to LA, my guilty pleasure is I'm I'm a surf guy, so I'm surfing.
0: Nice. I stand up. I'm good. You know that that's that's and and I don't bounce like I used to. So I haven't surfed in many years, man. So I I thought when I stood up, I thought I was I thought I was a world champion right there.
1: <laughs> I, I was lucky this, this last. Uh, Last visit, uh, I, only one time I was I, I was not able to stand, which was uh, a very rare occasion because the the occasion before that when I was there I think three months earlier I was just getting it was a, that was I think it was there right after a storm because you know in California I think the waves were, what three feet typically right right. <laughs> yeah. um, but that particular day they were up to like six to eight feet and I was in with these guys I mean <clears throat> I mean. I only get to go every few months, you know, or every two months. So, uh, you know, I'm, as you know, this not of anything. if you're doing it every couple of months, yeah, you're okay, you know. Right. You're, you're right. <laughs> you know. It,
0: yeah, you're right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: but, but these guys who live and do it every single day—I mean, these, these guys are hardcore. Right. So, not this particular trip with the Chip prior, I mean, these guys are so hardcore, and they're in their twenties, and. I'm, just, I'm making all the rookie mistakes. I'm just getting totally beat up. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel old. You know, like, oh, my God, I'm getting beat <laughs> up. And then a guy goes to me, yeah. He goes, yeah, I'm starting to get old. I'm like, well, how old are you? He's like, 28. oh, I'm going to be about 28. I'm like, you
0: know. Push him off that damn board as you go by. You ain't standing up nowhere, son. Get off. <laughs> but, yeah, so those have been my, my two
1: guilty pleasures. And then my, my Anybody knows me is I love my steaks, you know, so oh, yeah. Uh, and, and I found a place down in, in Muscle Shoals, and I'll, i have to give a shout out to the people there if they ever come down here. Um, it's on the high end, it's, well, it's, it's on the high end, but it's the only high end restaurant in Muscle Shoals. <laughs> hey,
0: really. give them love, give um, them love, brother.
1: But but they're called George's Steakhouse, and the people there are just magnificent. They, they it's really sort of my home away from home. I'm there twice a week and they treat me like gold um you know there's a chef her name is elaine and she's just i'd say you know it's it's one of the premier chefs you know um on the planet and again but this it goes more than that i mean they they treat me like you know maybe because i am there a lot but they they treat me so like I'm one of one of the guys you know and
0: love that um, love that man
1: and what I do is like I'll call up Elaine Shep, and whenever I'm gonna come down there I say okay I'm gonna come there at nine o'clock I think I'm gonna go for this and this and she'll make sure like my my particular cut is taken out of freezer getting thoughts so by the time I get there she can do with her magic on it you know and um you know and even like drink wise I just sit down I mean I don't even have to order I just sit. <laughs>
0: I love I that. Said, that, is, that, is, that makes my day. When I can go in, you know, my scotch is sitting there, uh-huh. you know, the, the whole deal like that. You want this? Yep. It's already, I already put it in. Thank you. Awesome. I love that kind of deal, man.
1: It, it's, and like I said, and the food, I've been going there even before I had a place here, almost like five years. And the food's always been amazing. And I think because of, I've been going there even more so in the last, you know, six months um like there's there's never a day it's not great and even like again the owner always makes sure you know thanks you for his business and you know and we, we talk all about everything you know, it's like it would be no different than like say you and i talk and right um and you know and of course you know it's funny like um i'm a very reserved guy believe it or not <laughs> and, and, uh, I, I really am I, I like when i go out like that's my, my decompress area i like to sit in the corner i mean honestly i like to sit in the corner Yep. and and just have my little zone and i'm, I'm really cool with that you know I, I just love that you know i don't want to be in the middle of the bar i don't want to be center of attention i like my little decompress time at, at the end of the night but you definitely have a lot of characters in there as well and for some reason i i have the intent of of, of uh some characters just love to come and talk to me. That's, that's for sure. You
0: know? <laughs> okay. Uh, so let me ask you that on that question part. So I'm, I'm going to throw this at you and let, let me go at you. Porterhouse, ribeye, New York strip or filet.
1: At this place, I've been going for the longest time. I did filet. Right. For the longest time, but I did filet and she does this, but she does, um, it's almost like, um, not pittsburgh style but almost it's seared but it's not where you know pittsburgh is a little bit uh, yes. a little bit too seared i, I feel for my taste but uh-huh. just enough with that searing and then she loads it up with mushrooms for and um but lately in the last um was it, maybe in the last five weeks six weeks she's converted me into the um she makes an amazing prime rib but where she cuts it really thin ah. oh my god Oh my God, it's like, I've never, you know, I like prime rib every once in a while, but now yes, that's me weeks,
0: every once in a while, I love but now I do
1: prime rib over the filet right now for the last six
0: Wow. Weeks.
1: Wow. And, uh, it's so good. It's but it, yeah, big it, shout out to uh, Georgia Steakhouse out here in uh, Sheffield. Hey, we're in Sheffield,
0: 33 Alabama. countries right now, man. You guys go to Bell Shoals, but you, you go to Muscle Shoals rather. You guys go check that out. Muscle Shoals, Alabama
1: um you know they call me big mike is my name now
0: (laughs) big mike sent you Uh, um is is that normally your cut if you go somewhere else is that normally your cut filet
1: um no um it really depends on on the place you know like i usually end up trying if i can get a conversation with the chef or um or somebody that works there you know i'll ask him Oh, I'll ask him, you know, and a lot of times I'm, I'm testing them. you know, about, um, because I'm a little bit like a, 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 not necessarily a steak snob, but. Oh, I am. Maybe, <laughs> I, know, maybe I am a steak snob. And, and, and you know, I'm sure. I'm from know
0: Texas. Know. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
1: and, and, you know, and, and I've been, I've been all, all, all over the world where, you know, have, you know, like the real Japanese. Yeah. Uh, you know, Wagyu and, and, you know, compare, you know, I'll ask people is, is they're like, you know, they'll have Wagyu on, on, the, right? on the menu. I go, oh, well, is this Japanese? What cut is this? And, and you know, they're like, well, it's, and if they don't know, or if they don't know the level of, of marbleization on, on the tip of, on the cuts, or where, you know, a lot of people go, well, it's filet, but filet from where? Where, what, what part is it? T-bone right. from where? Because, you know, a T-bone moves a little bit left or right on, you know. Makes a big difference, area.
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that, and you, 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 you man, you and I can do this all day long. Um, now, now, my friend, this is as we're winding up. One more time, tell everybody where you are on social media that everybody can follow all your projects. Um, please, please share, my man.
1: Yeah, well, they can follow us on uh, on Facebook. There's the In Theory page um, for GoGo. You'll see there's a there's a GoGo Facebook page, a GoGo Instagram page, um, and you have pretty much information on both bands. Um, or, or uh, on the Google page, Instagram and Facebook, you see pretty much everything I'm doing. Business wise, Google. When I say business wise, I'm just talking about the Google end of it. Um, and you see what I'm doing musically on the In Theory page. That's specifically In Theory related. Um, so any of those, any of the Facebook pages for that, I think that the um, what's our website? I think it's just called In Theory in theory original.com or in theory band.com either or we'll get you to either our facebook or our website and um that that's been a new project i assigned tony to, <laughs> to do all the social media for in theory so if, if that's that's a work in progress but it's getting better and better uh the google obviously i've, I've had for 10 11 years so it, there's there's just so much information where it's like too much information
0: yeah, and so but, um, so get, get your premier pedals, man, you know, for all our people out there that, you know, all our musicians out there that want to get some great pedals, man, you know, this this is your boy right here.
1: Yeah, and like I said, if you're, um, honestly, if you are a touring guy or even, not even, you don't even have to be a touring guy, a working musician, and you, I mean, this, this is a big part of you, your arsenal. It's the most important pedal in your arsenal. More than your distortion pedal, like all those other pedals. you're not
0: in tune, none of your songs are going to sound good. Right. Well, look, man, it has absolutely been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for coming on the show. You know, I've I've been looking forward to having you on. And like I said, you know, once all of a sudden Muscle Shoals comes up, you know, in the middle of, you know, interviewing BJ Thomas is like, I couldn't wait to sit there and drop that to you and say brother you know you and i were just talking about you know <laughs> and bring it on so that was really really cool but man great work um i love the song really really encourage everybody to go check it out you know because it it is it, it's a it's a it's a different sound it's familiar but it's different at the same time
1: right yeah it's like that's right it. it's, it's refreshing you can hear the influences, but you're not really sure. Like, like I hear a little this, hear a little that, but it's fresh.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely fresh, and, and hats off to your outstanding, you know, supporting cast and cast, because they did a fantastic job, man. You're doing a great job down there. I hope to have you back on again, uh, maybe before the end of the year, and uh, tell us how the rest of the album is going and everything else. Uh, this is going to be a two-parter, ladies and gentlemen. Because uh, I'm a bit long-winded today. I was having a blast. So I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, entertaining us, listening to us. And what do you want to say to your fans and your fellow musicians and everybody out there, brother, that, you know, I mean, uh, that has either bought your music or worked with you or... I'll say it again? I didn't
1: hear the last. thing. Said. I,
0: I, I said, you know, what do you want to say to your fans that have bought your music or or, or your fellow musicians that you've worked with Um, on this project or any others you know what do you want to say to your people out there man
1: i mean honestly i mean the only thing i can really say i mean honestly i mean um from from my heart i would say i mean i'm just truly grateful i mean i I feel i'm grateful and i'm lucky that um these people came in my life and they they're, they're bringing the same passion that i have you know and they're they're letting me you know um bring my dreams to, to life and the fact that they're it's not only that they're part of it, it's that they're just as passionate as, as I am about it. And for me, that's, I mean, I, I could be more grateful for that. And, um, you know, as I said, it's not a deaf ears or blind eyes. It's, 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 it's really special. And, you know, and I mean, I thank God for all these people that have come into my life that, you know, I, I was not expecting.
0: Yeah, so I, I hear I'm you honestly, on that, my friend. I'm,
1: I'm honestly just very grateful and thankful for everything that's happened.
0: Thank you so much, my friend, for coming on. I really appreciate it. I mean, this has been absolutely a, a huge blast, you know, enjoying things. Like I said, I hope you come back on again. Uh, man, musician, director, a producer, man, you're you're a man of all traits in the music business. Mike Mustard, thank you so much for coming on, my friend.
1: No, well, thank you for having us on or having me on, and we'll, we'll share up bottles of Jack Daniels and steaks. And
0: right on, you take care, man. Thank you, LifeBox way right, right, Channel Radio you your Podcast. Man. We're out.